we think they're the problem, but they're not really the problem. The problem is whatever the root of that issue is. But at the end of the day, it's really about pain at that point and just medicating these things in our life that we just don't want to deal with. Pornography. Printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate erotic rather than aesthetic or emotional feelings. This week, we're talking to Carl Thomas from the XXX Church. We talked about how porn is a symptom of a deeper hurt, the stigmas around those who work in and those who struggle with porn, and how to actively converse about porn without the shame. This is a good one, so let's get right to it. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And we are your hosts. This is episode 53. All right, we have come to the very end of February. We're wrapping up Love It or Lust It, a month all about sex, lust, purity culture, and now pornography and hypersexualization. We invited Carl Thomas from the XXX Church or Triple X Church to come and join us. They are an organization dedicated on helping people break free of pornography and the addictions associated with it. And we had a great conversation with him, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we get into all that, just a quick couple of things. If you wouldn't mind sharing this on with a friend who you think would benefit, that is the best way to get this show out there, to keep this conversation going with as many people as possible. We would greatly appreciate it. You are welcome to share this on with anyone who you think would benefit. And also, just an invite to come and join the Reckless community. It is an online Facebook group. And we want to be able to keep the questions coming, to keep the conversation going, even after the red light stops and the microphones go silent. All of the information for that is in the show notes below. There's a link where you can click and request to be a part. So I think this is a great episode to kind of end the conversation of our Love It or Lust It February series. We've talked a lot about purity culture And just the lust that we see within the church, not even just a sexual lust, but just the lust for other people. And I think this conversation on pornography is kind of on the opposite spectrum of what we've been talking about. Yeah, it's definitely more, um, it's a more, I guess, a little bit more of a traditional view. It's definitely more of, I guess, just a good topper on all this because there's a lot of people who deeply struggle with porn and want to get free. And if you are struggling with pornography. I just want to say this. You are, number one, not alone. I have struggled with pornography. Many people, so many people have struggled with pornography. You are not alone. Number two, you should not be ashamed. Yes, 
the desire to get free is a good desire. But just know that just because you struggle does not make you a bad person. There is so much more to you than just your struggles. And number three, you have people in your corner. If this is something you want to get free from, if you feel like maybe you don't have a community for that, there are resources in this episode to get plugged into, not just from us, but also that Carl is bringing to the table. There's so much good here. We're really excited about it. So let's get right to it. Here's our conversation with Carl Thomas from the Triple X Church. Today, we are here with Carl Thomas from the XXX Church. How are you, Carl? Doing great, man. Man, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, We've been doing a whole series this month on uh, just all kinds of love. I guess we've kind of been calling it love it or lust it. And we've been just talking about um, purity culture and all that. And we wanted to hit this one uh, really hard. And you guys were the perfect match. So we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So why don't we just start off? Tell us a little about you and a little about your mission there at the XXX Church, how you got involved and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Well, that's that's a long story. <laughs> that's a long story. We used to say that the mission was awareness, prevention, recovery. And I guess I guess that's still sort of the mission, if you will. I mean, we're, you know, we want to make sure people are aware of the, the damage that pornography can do to somebody. We want to also make them aware of the resources that are available. And, uh, and we also want to make people aware of the fact that Jesus loves them because, you know, we have an outreach, a large outreach element to our ministry. Then we have prevention, which I guess that would fall under our, uh, our software and some of our accountability tools. And then we have uh, several recovery resources, uh, video workshops, uh, an online small groups program, things like that. That's awesome. Uh, how I got involved in the ministry, so... I don't want to take the whole time, so I'll just give you a really, really brief, brief um, recap. I was familiar with Triple X Church over, uh, I want to say eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, followed, kind of followed their happenings. Followed Craig in terms of like his books and some of the things he did, uh, just because I felt that their angle, if you will, on evangelism and outreach was so unique. I was actually addicted to porn myself at the time, but I wasn't following them because of that, believe it or not. Then I was able to get free about 10 years ago. Actually served on a trip with them, a missions trip with them, which led to further conversations where I did some volunteer work for them. Then I, then they approached me about running their small groups program, which is at the time, just a beta program with like two groups and like eight dudes. That opportunity led into other opportunities. And eventually I ended up working for them full time five years ago. And uh, yeah, and I've been with them since. That's awesome. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about uh, just some statistics around pornography and just let's just kind of open up the topic. However you want to go about that. Let's just uh, kind of dive right into just kind of the current state of things with pornography and with hypersexualization. Uh, the biggest ones that usually surprise people is, you know, there's a stat that one in every two men, Christian men, um, struggle with pornography or admit they struggle with pornography. I think that number's probably low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you got to remember it's one out of every two men that were willing to actually admit it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastors, I think they say it's, I think it's around 40% of pastors deal with this stuff. Uh, women is... In the 30s, wow. 30% of women. I think the biggest thing that 
when you look at the stats page that you learn is just how how prevalent it is um, right. in the life of everybody. The reality is, in most homes, someone's probably being impacted by it on some level. You know, whether it's yeah. um, the person struggling with it, the person that's married to that person, their kids, a cousin, an uncle, whatever. But I mean, it's just it's so common and. Because I think it's crazy that people still, especially in the Christian world, seem to think that it's not that common for some reason, or at mm-hmm. least their actions imply that, that they, they're afraid to talk about it too much with others because they feel like they're the only ones struggling with it. And the reality is that probably half their friends or more are all dealing with the same issue and also all being quiet about it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I can remember, you know, uh, from my teen years into early adulthood, you know, I was, I, I struggled with pornography myself. And so I'm very, you know, interested in this topic and just against, uh, or just for the, the fight against pornography in general, because it's such a snaring thing that can really, it grabs a hold and it, it kind of makes itself out to be something that can fill this void in your life. And then it just, it gets in there and it's just so hard to work its way back out. Uh, and so I liked what you had said that it, it operates in silence. Can we talk a little bit about that? How do we, just within church circles and church culture, how do we um, address that silence? Because I think we've been talking a lot about purity culture and just to give a little bit of back history of the last couple of weeks. And we've been talking a lot about how churches attempt to talk about uh, talk about sex, but they, they miss the mark a lot of times. And so how can we, uh, in our faith circles, more openly address this and give people more of a platform to talk about what they're struggling with. A lot of the key to all this is just, it's got to come from, let's just say leadership or those above mm-hmm. or those that are visible, yeah. uh, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to several churches throughout my life and I'd say with most of them, you hear a message or two where they mention addiction or they mention this, or they mention that, but I could probably count, on like two hands the number of times in my life where I actually heard a pastor or speaker specifically call out pornography addiction. Mm. Right. Uh, they'll use like really Christian-y words like strongholds yeah. or, you know, like, you know the deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they don't want to really touch that topic. So by doing that, you kind of, I think, give like the subconscious message that Hey, listen. This is something we really we're not comfortable talking about. So mm-hmm. we really don't want you to talk about it with us either. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's good. So I mean, the church I go to now, uh, the pastor's a good friend of mine, and he he will mention he's a little bolder about that type of thing. But you know, I think uh, until we make it, I guess the word would be commonplace, almost. You know, yeah. where it's just something that's is is easy to talk about as anything else we deal with in life. It's always going to be one of these things where People are just walking around. They don't want to mention it because no one else wants to mention it. And who wants yeah. to be the awkward guy or girl that's the one to break the silence? You know. Yeah, and especially with the past couple of weeks, how we have been talking about purity culture and stuff like that, and how a lot of times in Christian circles they say, "Well, don't do this until you're married," and then it's the best thing ever. And it kind of like has you have to flip the switch, but they don't actually tell you how to have healthy relationships and how to have a healthy know sex life within general, yeah within yeah. marriage in general and i feel like that's a huge thing around pornography as well oh it's, yeah it's so glorified in church the whole idea of sex with a marriage which of course sex with a marriage but they don't tell you how to deal with the struggle on the other end of things whenever you have that desire for marriage but 
there's this desperality to fill that hole. What, uh, what are some methods you guys used just to help bring light to this conversation and just kind of bring it out of the shadows? 90% of what we do is all online. Right. Um, when we do get opportunities to talk to a church, you know, I mean, sometimes we have speaking events. We have free resources out there on like Open TV, Right Now Media, things like that, where mm. churches can, they can do a, uh, what we call like yeah, something called porn and pancakes, which is a men's breakfast. <laughs> And we used to only do those live. I mean, we still will do them live, but uh, we released a bunch of videos and things like that and resources that are available online where a church can download it and do their own porn and pancakes without actually flying Craig in. Right. Uh, and they just, you know, but they just play uh, play the video. Yeah, you know, we're available for that. Even with that stuff, though, unfortunately, it's uh, Craig talks about this all the time where he's kind of like brought in as like the hired gun. So mm-hmm. he says it's just so funny how... Many times a church will book him for an event and he goes in and like the senior pastor is taking a vacation that week. <laughs> oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah, it's just funny. But even with that, it's like an event type thing. And then you're gone. And when you're gone, everything, it's like, okay, hey, we talked about porn for our, our one weekend out of, the, out of the year. So we're good. Uh, it's not a continual conversation. So most of the stuff we do is all online. Um, you know, trying to make headway in the church only comes through opportunities like that, relationships. In January, we launched something called Resentment, which you can see at resentment.org. And uh, Resentment was like a free video series that deals with anger and resentment in people's lives. Basically, the whole point of it is like, hey, a lot of the stuff we're dealing with, like porn and these other things, are all, we think they're the problem, but they're not really the problem. The problem is whatever the root of that issue is. And I said, you know, most of the time that root is tied to like some sort of resentment in our lives. So mm. that's kind of a subtler way where it's a softer, softer topic where a church would be like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about resentment. And then we kind of introduce the porn conversation a little bit in that video series. But, you know, those are those are typically the type of things that we're involved in. Uh, but we, we rely heavily on, you know, our online presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, would make sense because that's where, I mean, most of the battle with pornography is fought nowadays and you almost just have to make it as prevalent as porn is. And porn mm-hmm. is just such a prevalent thing. You know, it's, I know you guys have the software to help for this. It's just, you know, pop-ups and things like that. It's kind of barrages you from every direction online. You talked a little bit about uh, just bringing it into the light and about how churches can do that. What is it about the topic of pornography, in your opinion, that is just such a scary thing to talk about? Could it be the prevalence of how many of us actually struggle with it? What, what's your opinion on that? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's part of it. There's a few things. I mean, one, it's just sex in general. Yeah. Um, sex is always a touchy subject, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> you know, for especially, I mean, there's so many Christians that have a unhealthy view of like sex. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, it's only, f-. I mean, there's people out there that literally think it's only for procreation. Um, yeah. You know, it's sinful if you do yeah. it more than just in the missionary position. Um you know, just really bizarre kind of a demonistic view of like mm-hmm. sex in general, uh, rather than seeing it as something that's beautiful and meant for us to enjoy as, as a married couple, of course. So, I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird how these days, especially, I mean, I'm sure back in the day, maybe it was a little different, but most people, I'd, I'd say, can walk into church and admit that, or even not like not picking on church anywhere, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, I struggle with drug addiction or I struggle with alcohol addiction. And it's more of like, oh, poor guy. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're here for you. Here's some great places you can go. Even with celebrities, you know, it's like, oh, this celebrity just has gone into rehab for the 10th millionth time, you know, and no one really thinks lesser of them per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sex, oh, man, that's just gross and kind of creepy and you know it's like oh you're a porn addict ah you know that's kind of i mean they try to cover their disgust but it's got this icky thing about it you know and um and you even see that again in mainstream i mean a politician or or somebody getting caught up in, in in some sort of drug or alcohol addiction issue can be easily forgiven and overlooked Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody who gets caught up in some sort of sexual scenario, um, that's like one of those things where it's like, well, geez, that's, you know, I don't know about that, you know? So I think that's the first thing. And then, you know, specifically in terms of the church, I would say, yeah, that's what you said is a huge issue. I think, I think most leaders realize how prevalent an issue is. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of bring it to the surface and start talking about it, now you got to kind of deal with it. Yeah. And that's a little scary because a lot of churches don't be honest they don't they don't they're not really set up resource wise and and leadership wise to to handle this type of thing mm-hmm. well, yeah and it's a huge time sink too i mean when you think about porn you know any kind of addiction in general is a you know it takes time you know i mean of course uh <laughs> we can all pray and, and hope and believe god and he can miraculously take something but it, in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's an addiction where you have to have someone there who can, it's a process. you know, who can be there to receive that text message in the middle of the night saying, hey, man, I'm struggling. Hey, I need to oh, talk, yeah. you know. And just a lot of churches just don't have that resource. They don't have the, the manpower to get behind something like that. Yeah, I don't. I also don't, like, I've told other people this, like friends of mine, but it's like, I'm always skeptical of the dude that says in their sharing, like, I used to deal with this stuff all the time. And I just got tired of it, so I prayed to God, and He took my He took it away mm-hmm. the next day. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it doesn't usually work like that. Not saying God can't do it, because I'm sure He can do it. So, uh, what you had mentioned and had touched on how many people who struggle with porn have one common root. What are some of those popular reasons that push men and women both down the road of pornography? Aside aside from just, of course, the sexual side, like you had mentioned, how a lot of people have you know, just kind of this root, uh, this root. Yeah, it's, either a, it's like a multifaceted like thing. We talk about this, or I talk about this in, in the X3 Pure uh, video, like in the X3 Pure video workshop. You have less women dealing with this stuff than men, but I mean, women also deal with this. But right. speaking as a guy, you know, I'd say for most of us, what happens is, you know, it's you get, you get kind of caught up in this stuff when you're young. And when you're 10 or 11, I don't think, generally speaking, you're going to porn to necessarily medicate pain, right? right? Like, you're going to porn because you're 10 or 11 and you're horny. This book I read, I won't say the title because it's not church-friendly, but... Um, <laughs> you're but not going to offend anyone here, no. man. <laughs> no, uh, it's just... Yeah. I wouldn't say it around my kids either. It's a, it was a great book, but it was on anxiety. Um, but the guy, the guy in the book says, like, the way he said it was so hilarious. He's like, your, your brain is a tool. <laughs> like... Not not tools and hammer, but like right, in, gotcha. Yeah, like he might have actually said a different word, but anyway, the point is like he just jokes around about how our brains are like sometimes our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so our brain's really smart, and 
so you know you're 10 or 11 you do this thing it feels good it makes gives you like kind of like this endorphin rush and your brain starts realizing like wow that that's pretty flipping awesome so then what happens is it starts making the connection that this thing brings pleasure and release and escape and whatever else so then you start when you run into things that are unpleasant uh and these all can start when you're young too whether it's rejection or loneliness or mm-hmm. you know gosh like i'm the, i'm the kid in school that everybody picks on or my parents don't love me or whatever like your brain starts to go hey you know this is uncomfortable i don't really want to deal with this stuff right now i know what i can go to that'll make me feel good right now and over time that just that connection between pain and pleasure just gets stronger and stronger and stronger and then before you know it it's like a default thing it's a default mechanism so yeah. fast forward into your 20s and your 30s it's not so much it's not it's gosh it's almost not about sex at all honestly like those things are don't get me wrong those things serve as triggers you know you see a you see a girl in a bikini or a topless this or whatever and sure those trigger you um but at the end of the day, it's really about pain at that point and just medicating these things in our life that we just don't want to deal with. I think that's very in- like a very interesting outlook on that, like where you have the rejection, maybe as a young kid or a teenager, and then into your 20s, and then you start feeling that rejection. And then it's not really about the sex, but it's about like the momentarily like, I'm going to feel good in this moment because I was rejected to that. And I feel like um, that is a big reason and why there's infidelity and porn within marriage, like people struggling with porn within marriage because they feel rejected from their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to go, they're going to flock to that because that's what makes them feel good. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, we, we hear that not in so many terms. Like the funny thing is when you're dealing with this stuff a lot, sometimes you don't, it's amazing how many people don't realize the connection there. Uh, they still think of it as a purely sexual thing. Mm-hmm. So but we hear, I hear it often, you know, from men. It's like, oh, yeah, well, my wife and I never have sex, so I got to get it somehow. Or mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like they, they, they boil it down to like a sexuality need. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, if you really dig deeper, most of the time it's going to be more of a, uh, yeah, it's like a rejection thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, my wife doesn't want me, so I'll go here because this, this thing always wants me, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's yeah, very true. I think a lot of this, it seems like a lot of this comes back to communication and just uh, like, especially like in marriage, you know, it's it's something that pulls you away from actually communicating with your spouse versus being open with how you feel. But it's that fear of being rejected in that communication. It's like this this circle, this trap almost. And you, you can start kind of seeing how people can get caught up in this. Mm-hmm. I want to shift gears here just a little bit. And if this is... Uh, too touchy just let me know i'd love to talk about uh masturbation versus pornography i know this is a huge topic in church did you use touchy like on purpose the word (laughs) (laughs) i didn't maybe i picked that up from you is that like just like a coincidence or that that was subconsciously words honestly So I know that's a huge debate right now i can personally say um i've been through the whole true love weights thing uh, and like I said, we were just talking about purity culture. It's a big debate back and forth on where we should stand at with masturbation versus mm-hmm. lust. And of course, you know, one can doorway to the other, but how do we go about that? Because God put this desire in us, et cetera, et cetera. So would you just like to share a little bit on that? Sure. I mean, so it's real easy. Like we, we just don't take a stand on masturbation. 
Really? <laughs> like, that seems like a great common thread right there. Right? I just thought like maybe that would just kill the whole conversation. Like, oh, crap, what do we do for the next half hour? Oh, no. um, we don't have like a hardline approach like, oh, masturbation is wrong or this is wrong. We do say flat out like if you're masturbating every day, you probably have an issue that you need right. to address because honestly at that point it's the same thing. It's like it doesn't matter if it's porn you know, porn you're looking at or porn in your head, right? you're still dealing with like some sort of probably medication issue where it's like, gosh, you're going to masturbation for the same reason that you would go to porn. It's just how many people want to masturbate while looking at the bathroom wall, you know? Right. That's why they usually go hand in hand. If you're masturbating to like a thought of some other woman uh, and you're, you're a single guy and you just you saw a, a swimsuit model and you're masturbating to the thoughts of her... Well, that woman's not your wife, right? So it's still right. out of the context of marriage. Right. If you're married, like, this is really a lot of people, some people agree with this, some people don't. My personal opinion is this. Like, if you're married, um, God gives you, I, I think, like, sex is a beautiful thing. So um, if you're doing it within the context of marriage, and that doesn't mean, like, oh, hey, I'm married, I'm going to go masturbate about the model I saw. But, like, if you're doing it in conjunction with, like, say, your spouse, or you're thinking about your spouse. Like I, I got in an argument one time with somebody in a small group and I was just like, what if your husband is a military guy and he's away in Pakistan for two or Afghanistan for two years and he wants to have like a little naughty phone time with you or video right. chat with you, right? Because he misses you sexually. Right. I was like, what about that? And she was like, oh, heck no. Like if he loves me enough, he'll wait. And I'm like, you don't think two years is long enough? And he's oh no, if he loves me enough. I'm like, no, he's... That's the point. He does love you. Like, otherwise, he'd be like, you know what? I don't need to do this with her. I'll just go do it to this uh, website I found. Like, mm-hmm. like he's trying to honor you and satisfy like a human urge at the same time. Now, obviously, not everybody agrees with that perspective, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I fall on it. Now, all that being said, let's just say you go upstairs and you're like, hey, honey, I like to, you know, I like to get some loving going on, and she's just like, nah, I don't feel like it. Here's some lotion, and just think of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not healthy i'm not yeah, gonna right. say it's necessarily sinful for him all right but it's not healthy like oh hey no we're not gonna have sex we're just gonna think about each other we're just gonna think about each other while we have sex with ourselves like mm-hmm. that's not healthy like mm-hmm. no you should be experiencing each other for sure so there's a difference i guess that kind of you know going back to the bible i think some of that falls under the the heading of like all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Right. You know, so he used to argue like, okay, well, I guess technically, technically, if you can have sex, if you can masturbate, but you're not thinking of anything sexual whatsoever, I don't know what the answer to that is. But my question to you is who does that? If you're having no sexual desires, like not to be gross, but I think it's going to make it kind of hard to masturbate at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of things that a lot of, uh, some of the popular things I heard in youth whenever I was younger was uh, if you can masturbate to the thought of Jesus. And that freaked me out enough right there. I was just that's like, creepy. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Super creepy. <laughs> we didn't need to go there. but Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's I've never heard that. I'm yeah, glad I did because that's yeah. weird. It's, that can go a whole lot of other ways. Oh, right heck there, yeah. Yeah. So let's shift gears here and talk about just uh, hyper-sexualization and just the industry of pornography. So what are some stigmas surrounding just men and women who work in the sex industry? Because I know I read an article, I don't remember how long ago this was, honestly, 
but how you guys wanted to actually hand out Bibles that had printed on Jesus loves porn stars. And I heard that y'all received quite a bit of backlash for that one. Oh uh, yeah, we still do to a certain <laughs> extent. Um, I mean, we just get backlash in that because you're in a, you know, a lot of the people that are uh, against it generally, the, 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 tr- the line of thought is, hey, this is a sinful place and you shouldn't be there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they ignore the fact that Jesus hung out with sinners all the time and yeah, that's exactly yeah. where he wanted to be. So, yeah. exactly. you know, just because you're in a porn show doesn't mean you're buying porn or looking at porn. Um, and we, of course, make sure that the people that go with us on these trips are not going there to buy or look at porn. So yeah. as far as the stigma goes, I mean, it's not even the Christian world. I mean, it's like when you listen to the non-Christian world or watch even popular TV, sometimes the way they refer to people in the adult industry is pretty demeaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know? Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's a profession that they're choosing to do. Do I think it's the healthiest profession to be in? No. Um, but they're still people. They're people that God loves. They're, you know, they have a mom and a dad. Um, they're still capable of relationships. They have feelings, you know, it's like, and reality is like when you get in conversations with some of them, they're really very, there's, there's very little difference between them and half the other people you know in your life, you know? I mean, so much of what they do is for the purpose of entertainment and their profession. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, some of the over-the-top things that you see or hear about at a party, like, that's that's just I'm not justifying it or condoning it, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's, that's just their stage self. Like, that's what they do, you know? Mm-hmm. But do they go home and chill out with a cup of coffee, you know, topless, uh, you know, with uh, a, a, an orgy going on in the background? Probably not, you know? Mm-hmm. Cody and I used to be in a ministry where we went to strip clubs like the men drove the women and the women went into the strip clubs and, yeah we do that yeah and so we talked with the uh, strippers and everything and i know that there's a lot of just weird stigmas about the women you know people think oh well, they're trashy they're dirty like all they care about is sex and sin yeah, and, all that, yeah. and all that stuff but if you talk to most of them you know they're trying to provide for their families like they're really good people and i just feel like there's a huge stigma of well that's what they want to do and they're dirty but a lot of them that's not what they want to be doing and they're actually you know doing it for good causes like i'm really friendly with the guy that actually runs the the, uh, the conventions that we go to like for the conventions we go to mm-hmm. good family man wife two kids solid dude he 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 honestly just thinks of himself as a businessman. He's not mm-hmm. a, he doesn't think of himself as a quote-unquote pornographer or anything like that. And he's, honestly, I enjoy going out to lunch with him and hanging out with him when we get together. He's, he's a really good dude, smart guy, uh, well-spoken. Some of the things he says actually makes me go, wow, like, gosh, like, that's more insightful than a lot of people in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm friends with, I'm, I'm very friendly with a couple of the male entertainers. I'm not going to say their names, but... Um, you know, I usually, when I go to some of these shows, I'm making a habit to usually go to breakfast with one of them. And, uh, the other guy, I don't see him at every show, but like he was just out of Edison and I, you know, I picked him up. Uh, I forgot. I picked him up at a friend's house cause he had flown into Jersey. I picked him up, drove him to the convention, hung out with him. Next day we went and grabbed lunch. Uh, so I hung out with him pretty good. He's, he was telling me about how he's going to church and, 
his girlfriend's getting in the church and he likes what the you know he likes what they're talking about so uh, you know he's kind of on his own journey with god but mm-hmm. um, both these guys man like really intelligent men um the one the one i had breakfast with all the time he he knows probably his bible better than a lot of christians mm-hmm. uh, he grew up in the bible belt uh entertaining funny uh insightful but yeah it's just like you have this talk with this guy you're like wow this guy is really sharp and he's not like some people assume that if you're in the adult industry you're not you're not that sharp you know and this guy's super sharp and uh really great conversationalist and and he's also very he understands what we do you know he doesn't try to argue with me about it like it's like okay hey i get what you're doing you know we agree to disagree in a couple things he jokes with me i joke with him you know it's like i was like oh pastor i'm gonna get you on the dark side someday and i'm like i don't know about that you know but we joke around about stuff like that but there's there's a ton of respect between the two of us and yeah he's a great guy so if you don't take the time to get to know these people and hang out with them you you would never necessarily know that you know um i was just wanting to kind of touch on just the hypersexualization within like children and the media kind of with dance shows and pageants and stuff like that do you feel like that would in- increase the exposure to pornography and adult content and make it easier access because like now children are kind of getting involved or even leading to like desensitization of sexual themes. And, and just to touch on that before you answer, I don't know if you heard about this yesterday. Um, YouTube actually did a huge backlash. Apparently there was a pretty large ring of child pornography going around through YouTube and they actually just got through soft or they just got through hard banning over 400 accounts and muting over 4 million videos because there was actually um, porn swaps going on behind the scenes in YouTube. Obviously just a very dark place, but just the right. hypersexualization of of our culture in general. How do we uh, as people who are trying to, you know, avoid such things, how do we navigate waters when it's pretty much everywhere? Oh gosh. Well, I mean there's no way, I mean, how do you navigate, like you said, it's everywhere. Um, the biggest thing would be for parents is just making your kids, like, you got to have conversations with your kids at an early age and, and keep those conversations ongoing. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and just keep them aware and educated as to, like, things and make sure they're hearing the right stuff so when they see or hear the wrong stuff, they, they know what to do with it. You know, like, we, my, my kids are 13 and 10, and, um, I mean, we've been very open with them about sex and all that type of stuff for i mean gosh i think my wife had her first chat we don't we don't do the talk we do talks you know yeah Um, that's good but i think she had her first chat with me about sex when she was nine and i i uh, took my son out we watched (laughs) ant-man and then after ant-man we went to tji fridays and i i talked to him about sex which that was hilarious you know because the minute I said penis, he was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, but he, he took it pretty well for an eight-year-old. So, I mean, our kids are very aware, you know, of, of everything. And I've, I've, I've told him, like, hey, listen, like, the fact I just told him the other day, because my daughter was asking about, like, going online and doing this. And I'm like, babe, you know the deal. Like, if you're going to go online and we're going to open up your browser, like, you need to tell me where you're going. You know, oh, well, it's just... I just wanted to check out Pinterest. I'm like, no, heck no. Like, uh, there's a lot of 
oh, mommy goes on Pinterest. I'm like, yeah, well, mommy knows what to look for on Pinterest, but there's an awful lot of bad crap on Pinterest too. You know, and I explained to them both, like her and my son. I was like, listen, like you are going to see at some point stuff that you shouldn't see. And I, we usually don't refer to it as good and bad um, when it comes to that stuff because I don't want them to feel shameful or condemned if they see something. So we, I like to use the words appropriate or inappropriate. You know, it's like, no, that's inappropriate. Like, that's not something for you to see, you know? Um, so I told him, like, you're you're going to see stuff at some point, right? I mean, you're going to go over to your friend's house, and he's going to say, uh, hey, I check out this video, and you're going to see it, and it's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And I said, all you got to do is promise me that if that happens, you're going to come home and tell me about it, and you're not going to be in trouble. It's not going to be a scolding or anything like that. I just want to talk it through. And explain to you, you know, and answer any questions you have. I mean, I think that's all you can do is just, you know, keep the conversation open, train them as best you can, make sure they feel like you're a safe place. So when these things come up, they're not, they don't feel awkward talking to you about it. Yeah, that's good. And uh, and tackle it as you go. Yeah, it was interesting. I actually got in, I'll call it a healthy debate. It was an argument on uh, online the other day. <laughs> with someone, I don't even know who they were, and they were trying to push the point basically that you should never tell your kids anything about sex because why would you give them the tools early? Yeah, yeah. And it just baffled me. The yeah. idea of that just blew my mind that people are just, I I understand the fear of that. You know, I, I, I can understand just the general fear, but there is no, you know, it's kind of ignorance as the law is an absence of the law, I guess you could kind of yeah. say. Like, to not tell someone something isn't helping them in the long run because, you know, that, that hyper growth. Well, yeah. And that hyper um, protection can lead to the same outcome mm-hmm. as oh, over sexualization. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, I mean, it's always scary. I mean, I've, I, we all deal with it. Like when you tell your kid about something that that you don't think they're aware of your first reaction is like, Oh my gosh, you know, I hope they don't run with this. Right. But um, I think, but of course, I think if you wait till they're fourteen to tell them about porn, you're going to have a much bigger problem on your hands than if you talk to them about sure. when they're much, much younger and you have more of an opportunity to explain them things. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just it's not a good idea. It's that's just bad, bad, bad theory there. I mean, I get it. I understand the fear. It's natural, but you just gotta you gotta have those talks regardless, and um, hope that you know you talk about it in such a way that they're going to say, okay, hey, mom and dad says, this is not good. They gave me some good reasons and I'm, I'm not going to do it. They do, they do. And then hopefully they come to you and tell you they did. But the answer isn't like, I'm not going to talk to them about it. Because the reality is they're going to find out about it no matter what. So I rather them find out about something like porn from me um, than have them find out from a friend at school. So at least I, I have the opportunity to put the right spin on it, you know? Right. And it goes back to, I just, I love what you were saying about just leaving the open dialogue and making it where it's not uncomfortable to come because, you know, pornography is one of those things where it, it exists so well out of the shame and the fear. And when you kind of remove the shame or the guilt from that and just allow open dialogue, it, it really kind of nips it. You yeah. Know, like it does such a good job of that. Yep. So tell me a bit, uh, you had mentioned you guys have a new video series coming out called My Pilgrimage to Freedom. You want to mention that? Yeah, that'll, that'll be, uh, it should be up on the site as of March 1st. So that's when you can start signing up to get notified when the videos are released. So 
that's just going to be th uh, four free videos. We released a product called, a resource called My Pilgrimage. I guess it was about three years ago. It's, you know, kind of like a, a, a different perspective on addiction and things like that, um, that, that get away from the whole very traditional, like, bouncer eyes type approach and really delves into this topic of pain and all that. So we're coming out with My Pilgrimage 2.0 where we're going to, like, release some more stuff for it. But before we do that, uh, we're putting out uh, a four free video series that people can watch without, you know, yeah, they don't have to pay anything um, from the uh, from one of the authors of it. And they're going to talk about a lot of the concepts of my pilgrimage in that video series. Like I said, as of March 1st, you should be able to opt in for the videos either on triplexchurch.com or mypilgrimage.com. We'll go ahead and just kind of close it out with this. Uh, a lot of a lot of podcasts, they want you to kind of give one final thought. We like to do uh, just a little bit different. What's one question you would like to ask people struggling with pornography? Maybe it could be something to use to provoke a thought or a conversation. This is something that I had to realize in my journey. Um, and I talk about a lot of times in our small groups, like I lead a pastor small group, mm -hmm. um, smallgroupsonline.com, shameless plug. Ask yourself, what is pornography holding you back from? That's because good. That's, good. that's really... Honestly, that's really what it's about. Most people, when you're dealing with this stuff, the focus is all on, gosh, I hope I don't look at porn again, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all their focus. And the problem is, like, when you're focusing on the problem all the time, you're going to keep thinking about the problem. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but if you think about, like, okay, what's porn holding me back from? Now you start thinking, like, bigger picture. And the, the uh, let's just say the trade-off, you know, the, the cost versus reward scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, now it gets brought into focus. It's not just a short term like, oh gosh, if I if I look at porn, I'm going to feel crap for the next 15 minutes or 20 minutes. But mm -hmm. it's like actually preventing you from doing these types of things in your life, or mm. you know, fulfilling this type of calling in your life, or enjoying this type of marriage in your life, or being that type of mom or dad in your life. You know, it's like when you think about that, it helps put things in a lot of perspective. Mm -hmm. That's good. Carl, where can people connect with you guys and what you're doing and connect with you? Uh, well, we got, uh, you know, triplexchurch.com. Info at triplexchurch.com is the email. You can find us on social. Everything is X3Church, so Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, X3Church. On Twitter, my handle is Carl, C-R-L underscore T. Awesome. And that is X and the number three church, yep. correct? Yeah, yeah. We used back in the day we actually had trip like XXX church. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. happened was we would got we would get hidden on all the searches, <laughs> especially Instagram, because they thought we were porn. So, yeah. So we uh we changed it to X three on social and got a lot very more smart. <laughs> very yeah, smart. Get a lot more views that way. Yeah. Awesome. And of course all the links to everything we've talked about and everywhere you can find everything that Carl and Craig and all the guys at the XXX Church or X3 Church or 3X Church are doing, and we can't recommend you guys enough. Carl, thank you so much thank for you. taking the time to come on here and talk about such a, uh, you know, a, I guess a, a shady topic people don't like to talk about. Yeah, really you got it. No it. problem. I just want to extend a huge thank you to Carl Thomas for taking time and hopping on here and talking about such a touchy, all pun intended, subject. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you for all you guys are doing over at Triple X Church. We really appreciate it. And of course, all of the things we talked about, all of the different resources and where you can find them on social are in the show notes below. 
We want to invite everyone to come and join the Reckless community. If you need a place to converse and to share your heart, you are welcome to come and join us. The links are in the show notes below. Also, a quick reminder that every week we have a Wednesday blog, a Friday video that come out in addition to this Monday podcast. You can find all of that at therecklesspursuit.com. There you can also send us an email, drop us a voicemail, say hi, and be sure to invite a friend along as well. We really appreciate if you go and click that subscribe button if you enjoyed the show and go and leave an honest review that helps us to know what we're doing right and how we can do better in the future. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon.